0: Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi friends and welcome back. Huh, relationships. Well firstly, how amazing was Monday's episode with Ingrid? It definitely left me more inspired to declutter. I'm recording this straight after I've recorded the intro, so I haven't actually done any yet. But, um, oh, no, I did do some decluttering of jewellery, actually. I kind of went through and went uh, on a bit of a, does this sort of fit with how I see myself now, how I want to see myself in in the future? Or is it just stuff that I have that I never wear that doesn't bring me joy or, or whatever? So I've done a little bit but definitely I felt more inspired to have a sort out of so that the environment I'm in kind of matches or, or feels aligned with who I am or, or kind of where I feel like I'm going, and all of that kind of stuff. So this is an interesting um, episode today and an interesting shift. So Monday we talked about decluttering and I sort of waffled on a little bit at the end about kind of self-awareness and my own kind of health and well-being kind of goals and that kind of stuff and I think self-awareness in the decluttering and in stuff was kind of what um, Ingrid was talking about more something to kind of explore and um, tuning into yourself and self-awareness is a theme that pops up quite a lot I think really um beneficial to to have that understanding of yourself and it leads really nicely into this conversation. So Harry is joining us. Harry is a relationship and dating coach. And so he's talking about romantic relationships, but particularly from that perspective of self-awareness, of self-awareness within relationships and self-awareness for relationships. And he shares a lot of his own story of how uh, how he started this this work and the kind of lessons uh, that he learned so I really hope that you enjoy this conversation and I will be back super quickly afterwards. Hi everyone and I'm really happy to welcome Harry to the podcast so Harry welcome and if you could introduce yourself to us that would be fab.
1: Hey everyone um, my name is Harry Uda I'm a relationship coach, a Dublin-based relationship coach. And typically when I when I tell people, well this is what I do, the follow-on question is well what does that entail, right? So I've spent a lot of time thinking about this like how can I effectively convey my mission in like, you know, one sentence? And I think that what I've settled on is and really I think this sits at the core of my work is I work with people to develop Well, to cultivate meaning, to cultivate meaning in their relational lives, by first of all redefining the relationship they have with themselves, as this then informs the way in which they show up when they're dealing with others. So, a lot of the time, you know, people come to me thinking like, "Harry, how can I, how can I stop X, Y, Z from happening?" Or, you know, why is it that I keep attracting the same kind of person? I always say the same thing, you know, unanimously, which is. It starts by looking within. It starts by looking within. So I think that on my end, I help, I, I sort of guide people into themselves, you know, because it's it's that's not an easy thing to do for a lot of us. It's not something that we are socialized into doing per se, um, at least in my experience and in the experience of the people that I've worked with, typically, you know, you look outside of yourself for answers. You know, there is something out there that we need in order to complete us. And, you know, certainly there is a lot of cross-pollination, I think, between your own essence and externalities. But but in order to truly decipher, you know, what do I want? Why do I want what I want? Um, how, how did I even come to the conclusion that this is what I want? And how do I transpose that against my needs? Because those are two separate things. To explore those questions, you need to go within yourself. And I guess that's, that's the work that I do. I help people redefine and reacquaint with their own sort of internal paradigm.
0: Awesome, and you already like brought up one of my buzzwords, which is meaning, which we talk about a lot Mm. on the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, Absolutely, I completely agree with what what you've um, just said because, you know, we talk about on the podcast having to kind of tune into ourselves and and that self awareness, and that sometimes we can think that's a selfish thing, Uh thinking about self care. But actually, if we want to show up more for the other people in our lives, we Mm -hmm. need. To spend that time on ourselves and look after ourselves, and and like you've just said in relationships, if mm-hmm. we want them, if we're trying to figure out what's happening and <laughs> why mm-hmm. is this always happening, we need yep. to look at ourselves. And I think it's very easy sometimes to project, like it's this person, they're annoying me, they're doing this,
1: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not
0: see our own part in it and our mm. own kind of responsibility
1: mm. because it's tough right it, it, it's tough to sort of stare the dragon in the face you know the dragon that is you and your own shortcomings your own flaws your own inadequacies so I, I, I get why there is that tendency to not want to confront it but you know um, is it Ryan Holiday he has that book The Obstacle is the Way that the obstacle that is yourself that is your demons that is the way to you know sort of a higher state of being and higher state of being just meaning like um, I'm sort of at peace with who I am you know Mm -hmm. the good the bad the ugly because we're all capable of good and evil as as, as you well know right Mm -hmm. and those are sort of the two fundamental energies of the universe the yin and yang right good and evil so yeah
0: Yeah. So how did you get into the the kind of field of relationships?
1: Yeah. So this is a, that's a very, very interesting question. Um, And to, I guess to truly answer it, although I've sort of, (laughs) I find that I'm always giving this history lesson because I have to go back into my past to, you know, give you a sense of context, but long story short. um, So I was born in Nigeria. Um, My parents for the first five years of my life, it was just me, my mom, my dad, and we sort of existed in a lovely microcosm, right? And yeah, I turned about six, five, six, and they decided to go their separate ways. So as you can imagine, from my perspective, this was the breakdown of this microcosm. This was basically my whole world, especially at that age. That is your, your representation of life um, or you view life through the lens of your, you know, your familial dynamic, or at least that's, that's what it was for me. And of course, I'm five years old. So the idiosyncrasies and the nuances around you know, them going their separate ways wasn't always clear to me right for for obvious reasons but as a consequence of that i think that for me i i became really curious I became really curious about other relationships because as you can imagine that was a traumatic was a traumatic experience so that was where the curiosity was born right but i think moving on from that going into my teens it was sort of your your typical teenage, um, relational trajectory punctuated by, you know, highs and lows. Everybody goes through that stuff, right? I'm sure everyone can look back on their teenage years and think, oh, I wish, I wish I didn't do this. Or, you know, that here was a really, um, maybe orgasmic experience that I had, you know, there's, it's, it's a multiplicity of, you know, states and experiences. Um, but I remember, so I, I left Nigeria at 17, right? And, just for some more backstory, in case anyone is wondering, well, why his accent? is So I spent some time living in England. um, And my grandmother, who I spent a lot of time with growing up, I actually lived with my grandmother, my grandmother, both my grandparents, and she was Irish Jamaican. So I had the Nigerian and the Irish Jamaican. And then I spent some time in England. So which is why my accent is what it is i like to say um i'm like a chameleon i can sort of blend in with anyone but you know at age 17 i I moved to ireland and i got into college i was studying sociology right and i remember i met this woman i think it was towards the end of my first year in college so i was about 18 um and i noticed for the first time i acknowledged that okay i this feeling there's there's this strong sort of emotional predisposition towards this person in in a way that I certainly hadn't experienced up until that point. So instantly I'm like, okay, I need to pay attention to what I'm feeling, right? So I later came to the conclusion that, oh, you know, I think I'm in love with this person but when I thought back on, you know, the breakdown of my parents' relationship, it became apparent to me that, well, the, the, the feelings, the, you know, this sort of sugar rush is not going to be enough to sustain this long term because um, I believe that my parents have love for each other, right? But that wasn't enough per se to, you know, safeguard that institution. Right, And looking back on what had happened, I saw how the breakdown of said institution had such a profound effect on an entire network of people. So it was not just me, but also my siblings, my grandparents, my uncles, my aunties. So when I found myself in this situation where I could quite clearly tell that, okay, I really feel for this person. Then the next thing for me was like, oh, I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to reinvent the wheel, right? So what did I do? I started to really dig into, you know, the literature on relational health. So I was looking at everything and anything I could get my hands on from sort of academic research through to, you know, philosophy to mysticism. I was trying to understand, I suppose, what, is, what does a successful relationship look like? What does it mean to be a successful partner? Why is it important to set boundaries? Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to explore all these questions in order to really for selfish reasons. If, you know, when I look back, I think it was for selfish reasons, because I, I had this sort of chip on my shoulder to where I I'm not going to repeat. I'm not going to repeat that pattern. Right. I I am going to have a successful relationship. I am going to be the ideal partner right? And I ended up being in the relationship for north of four years, about four and a half years in and around then. And um, I thought I knew all I needed to know about being a functional part of a relationship, right? And, and again, that was another, when, when I look back, <laughs> that was another mistake I made, which is, you know, because when you sort of assume that I know all there is to know about something, then you're closing yourself off to other possibilities. And it's actually quite arrogant, you, you might argue, right, because you're assuming infallibility. And I think that was a mistake that I made. But long story short, after four and a half years of being together, my, you know, my girlfriend at the time decided she wanted to go in a different direction. And for me, it completely destroyed me because I'm thinking, wait, hold, hold on a second. I've just invested all this time looking at all the literature, you know, at least to the best of my knowledge, there was no one around me who was exploring, you know, a lot of these questions, at least not to the same extent that I was, right? So I'm thinking in my head, well, if I've put in all this work and, you know, she still doesn't want to be with me, what does that, what does that say about me? You know, how, how inadequate must I be as an individual to to be in this position even after actively and deliberately trying to be a good partner right so i i found myself in a really dark place in a really really dark place i would even say i was i was depressed now just you know for some context there were certain other elements certain other things that were you could say misaligned in my life at the time. So I think that the perhaps the breakup was like the, the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, right? This was this, all of a sudden everything compounded and boom. I mean, it's really dark place. So when I was in that situation, you know, on one hand there's the envisioned future, right? Because this is somebody who I deeply cared for and still have love for, you know, and, you know, we're, we're in good terms. I'll always you know, always have love and respect for her. But at the time, I'm thinking, what does my future look like? Because whenever I thought about the future, I was thinking in sort of unitary terms, right? So there is that element, which is how do I decipher, you know, how, what does forward look like? You know, who, who, who am I away from that? All right. So that was one element. The second element was the sort of physical companionship right you spend so much time with someone and all of a sudden you know you go from 100 to zero that is inherently challenging right it's inherently challenging and you know even though they're not there physically you know in neuroscience there is the whole um notion of brain to brain coupling where your neurons start to mirror each other so that was challenging but then the third component was i found that i was questioning our relational trajectory up until that point so was this ever real, right? All the feelings that I thought we shared, was that just, you know, was this just my delusional mind, et, et cetera. So these questions really had me in a, was a really, really dark, dark place. Now, at the time I had started my master's in coaching, funny enough, um, and I had been working with some people sort of as a generalist, right? Because I just wanted to coach. I didn't care. I'm like, just... Let me, let me, let me, let me help. Let me make an impact because that's been a key driver for me since I was about you know nine, nine, ten years old. Right. I always say my um, my sort of personal motto is that I want to be an instrument of powerful service. You know. So even at the time I was already I was already learning about coaching, working with people, and to sort of trace it back, the the, the ironically the way I learned about coaching was after having going through a breakup, ironically, I went through a breakup at the time and I go on YouTube and I'm just thinking like, how will I be happy again? So I type in, you know, how to be happy. And somehow I landed on a Tony Robbins <laughs> TED talk and I was so taken, taken in by what he said and the way, you know, the way he spoke, the conviction with which he engaged with the crowd. And I remember thinking to myself, this is, this is what I need to be doing. This is what I need to be doing. So was after that, that was when I met my girlfriend who I guess I had this journey with, right? So I'm sort of in this position. I'm I'm not feeling good about myself whatsoever. Um, Even thinking... I think I'm going to ab- abandon this whole coaching thing. Like I just, my head was just, it, it, it felt like I I was frazzled for lack of a better term. Right. Um, the, the only thing that sort of gave me relief at the time was, so I train in, I train in kickboxing Muay Thai. I've been training in Muay Thai since I was about 19, 19, 20. Um, it was the only thing I could do to sort of get me out of that funk, you know? So I remember going to training it was just, I think I forget what day of the week it was, but it was just the one thing I looked forward to. I went to training and I come back into my apartment. So this was an apartment that we had initially gotten together. And I used to keep the lights off. And the reason I used to keep the lights off because the memories, you know, I was just over flooded with memories. So it was just easier for me to, Let's keep it, keep, keep the lights off. And that tells you a lot about my state of mind at the time, right? So this particular evening, I come back as per normal. I don't switch the lights on. I have my my phone. I navigate to the sofa. So I'm sort of sitting down on the sofa and really in one of those low moments, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, how, how, again, these questions, how, how did I find myself in this position? Like, why am I here? You know, and I think it was divine timing, but a friend of mine actually, literally, as I'm having this conversation with myself, or in, in internal monologue, probably, probably more appropriate, I get a message on WhatsApp, and it was a, um, it was a GIF of the Phoenix. So it's my friend Stephen. He sent me this message, a GIF of the Phoenix, and underneath it is a quote from Picasso, and you know, it was every act of creation is first an act of destruction. And there was something about the combination of the thoughts that were going through my mind at the time, the imagery and the words, just that beautiful sort of trident that gave me a sort of shock to my system. And if you want to call it God, if you want to call it the universe, you know, whatever term or, you know, you want to use. But I felt like I communicated with something higher or greater than what I was feeling at the time in that moment. And it was the first time, aside from when I was in training, that I felt you know, like I wasn't trapped by those feelings, trapped by those emotions. And then I start to replay a lot of things that had happened over the course of my life, like things that I experienced in Nigeria growing up as a child. And then it occurred to me that, hold on a second, Harry what you're feeling right now, the fundamental quality of this feeling you have felt before, right? So it's pain, I'm in a lot of pain. Oh, I've been in pain before. Albeit the prevailing conditions did differ. Um, but but the, the, the next thought that followed was, hold on a second. If you could get through a lot of these things, then that means as painful as this is, this is not the end for you. And coming to that place within myself gave me license then to ask new questions. So I started asking questions like, "Okay, well, where did where did I go wrong?" Because up until this point, I hadn't even entertained that thought because I was the model partner. I, you know, spent four and a half years studying this stuff. How long does it take to study a degree? You know what I mean? So, it surely was nothing, and you know, the problem was her. You know, and she was this, you know, nasty person who just left me high and dry. But for the first time, I shone the spotlight on myself and I do an audit of my behavior and I start to see things that I wasn't cognizant of as they were happening. Oh, I wouldn't do that again. Oh, here's a place where I was being a little too overbearing or maybe a little too domineering or not expressing myself in the same way. Or here's a situation where I wasn't able to stand up for myself and as a consequence of that, I started to grow resentful right? Because I was in a state of conflict. And when I started to, you know, get a lot of these new insights, this caused me to then look over a lot of the material that I'd been looking over, um, that I'd been researching over, you know, the course of the relationship. And then I started asking new questions, questions that while I was in the relationship, they would have threatened my sense of security, right? So this is, this is just blowing my mind, right? And then I, I started to feel this rush, right? I started to feel this like reinvigorated and I started speaking with friends and family and really, you know, being vulnerable about the process. And, you know, a lot of these findings from my research, I'm like, hey, this is what I thought. And, you know, this is what I'm feeling now. Have you any experience like this, et cetera. And then I came to realize after speaking to friends, family, um, colleagues in the gym, strangers, strangers. And I found that actually to be particularly therapeutic, opening up to strangers. Um, I realized we're all we're all navigating through our relational lives with no clear guidance or, you know, sometimes not a lot of direction. You know, we have these institutions, you know, primary school, secondary school, and, you know, whatever other institutions for whatever it is you want to do. But when it comes to our emotional health, as Alain de Botton um, says, you know, we're expected to just go wing it and figure it out. And so I started looking online. I'm like, maybe there's somebody... Because I'm I fully believe in coaching and the power of coaching and I've experienced that personally and as a coach myself. So I'm like, okay, let me find someone who can help me with this. And I'm looking online, I find a lot of individuals who are, you know, oh, here is the you know, five steps to get your ex back, etc. And I'm not here to talk down on anyone's mission or vision, but it's just that wasn't what I was looking for at the time. And that's not I didn't want a five step plan to get my ex back I wanted you know a five-step plan to help me look within in order to consolidate a lot of these you know new findings right because I had been so crystallized in my thinking and that's when it occurred to me that you know what you want to see in the world and that was how my sort of relationship coaching I mean to term it that that's where where it was born but when I look back now it started the journey started six you know all those years back in Nigeria you know
0: yeah awesome thank you uh, for sharing that and and uh, the thing that like relationships they're this dynamic kind of moving thing they're like really alive aren't they and it sounds like you sort mm-hmm. of taken the research and you had like right this is the perfect partner like a little box like mm-hmm. this is oh, a yeah. thing. I'm gonna be this it'll be fine mm-hmm. but actually that's not mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not how relationships work it's it's that was yeah. always, always changing. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, as, as you kind of demonstrated, we, yeah, sometimes we, we think we're being the perfect partner or we're trying to change ourselves to be something, or mm-hmm. we're making assumptions about what the other person wants and actually
1: mm-hmm.
0: not really appreciating it's two individuals. <laughs> yeah. Third thing that you kind of create and it's uh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I learned that the hard way, <laughs> you know, but as they say, experience is a teacher.
0: Yeah. And then it's great that you've now taken all of that experience and everything mm. that you've sort of learned and then adapted um, as you kind of learned more um, mm. and, and now helping other people to sort of do that same process because yeah, shining that light on ourselves is hard.
1: <laughs> it's oh, uncomfortable. Yeah. Frightening, frightening, frightening. Yeah. You know, and, and and just completely disorientating because the, the the reality is no one is as acutely aware of your flaws as you are. So because you're so aware, it's that thing that you know. Sometimes you're just happy enough to just let that sit there, and I'm just gonna go go on like I don't see it. You know, so it takes a lot a lot of you know courage to 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 face that. You know, and I just feel I truly feel you know honored to be in a position where I can, you know, work with people on this because you typically are not sharing the inner workings of your relationship and at a dinner party, right? A lot of us live probably the majority of our relational lives in behind closed doors, right? No one really knows what's going on with the other couple, with this other couple, or, you know, wh- whatever the um, composition of their relationship is, right? We, all we have is what we see on the surface, so, a lot of our relational lives you know we we 're living that experience in in secret. maybe you could say that, so it 's just beautiful to be able to speak with people and have them let you in it's uh, i can't i can 't put it into words to be honest
0: and i 'd love to um to hear your thoughts on what people can do if they are i guess a couple of things if they 're struggling with their relationships at the moment because Uh, this gets bandied around a lot, we're like in a whole new world at the moment. But Uh um, if they're struggling with an existing relationship or they're trying to create a relationship with that kind of change, is that something that you've been seeing a lot of with clients? And do you have any advice for for all of us?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's, there's a few things. So let's take a situation where you're in an existing relationship and you're feeling, whatever, maybe you feel a little dissatisfied. Maybe you're feeling a little resentful. Um, Maybe a little frustrated, a mixture of both. Um, What I've seen is sometimes you have individuals who love each other, and they love the life that they've built. However, this resentment and all these other things have sort of built up over time. Sometimes they feel what I found is sometimes people feel guilty for feeling dissatisfied, resentful, frustrated, like, you know, we have this beautiful family or this beautiful life. I, I, I shouldn't be feeling like this. So on one end, you're feeling the resentment. And then on top of that, you're feeling guilty for what, for your feelings. So that just, that, that, that just creates, you know, an added layer of stress. So what I will say is the fact that you feel resentful or dissatisfied or frustrated or whatever, whatever that feeling is, that doesn't take away from what you have built, right? That doesn't take away from what you have built. So instead of trying to dismiss those feelings or feeling annoyed at yourself for feeling those feelings, instead probe, ask probing questions. Okay, I'm feeling dissatisfied. Try and, try and chase that. Um, I I was reading a book some time ago, actually when I was going through that situation, it was by a a guy named Nathaniel Brandon. It was a book called The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. And he talks about how our emotions are an indicator that there are certain elements of our current reality that we don't feel okay about, okay? So why am I, where did I first, when did I first identify this feeling? Where was it? When was the first time I felt this, right? Um, what, what, where, where were we or where, where was I? What happened? What was the situation, right? What had happened the night before, right? How often do I feel like this? You know, so look, use, use those emotions as an indicator. So see them as your friend and not something that you need to dismiss or be annoyed about, right? Because if you try to sort of sweep, sweep that stuff under the rug, you're, that's when the resentment starts to build because you're not giving room to really deconstruct and dissect a lot of these feelings. So that's one thing I would say for somebody who is in a relationship already. It's, it's okay to feel what you feel. And just because you feel a certain way, that does not denote a lack of love actually right? Or a lack of appreciation for what you have. Okay. So just to maybe, you know, release you from that moral burden, which is completely understandable, but it's just what I found with my clients. And, you know, people are seeing really positive results from just adopting a different paradigm. It's like, it's okay to feel how you feel. And then probe, probe. Why? Where is this coming from? When was the first time I felt this? When have I not felt this you know so you create a polarity okay um, on Friday nights when we have time to talk and you know I'm able to tell them about my week, etc, I feel good, so oh okay, maybe it could be it could be that um, I start to feel resentful when when it, it it feels or it seems as though I haven't been given an audience potentially, so ask those questions now, if you're looking to get into a relationship and you want to create something, what I will say is you want to get clear on your wants versus your needs. Okay. So there's a distinction between the two, right? A want is a nice to have, right? This would be nice, but it's not pivotal. It's not a critical element. You know what I mean? Like I had, I had one of my clients say to me once, um, a a want, my need is a man who will um, take my emotions seriously, but a want is that they drive. You know, a nice little way of thinking about it, right? A need is something that you absolutely must have in order to feel satisfied, in order to feel connected, in order to feel like this is something that I'm happy to be a part of. So get clear on what are my wants? What are my needs? And another thing I'd like to say is, Don't be afraid, you know, when you, you know, you're, you're, say you've just started dating and you're putting yourself out there. What I see a lot is people say to me, Oh, Harry, I don't know if I should really say what I'm looking for because I don't want to chase this person away. What I'm going to say to that is own your needs own your wants, own your needs. Right. And don't worry about, Oh, am I, am I sort of driving this person away? You might be. And, you know, check this out. If you articulate what you actually want and what you need and what you're looking for, and that scares somebody away, then that's a good thing. That's a good thing for you. So that 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 saves you from a problematic situation down the line. And it's certainly better than you know putting up an appearance and then getting into a situation that you then become, you know, it becomes an entanglement, you know, this sort of dysfunctional entanglement that's gonna cause you. As well as the other person, more damage. So it's best say what you want, say what you're looking for, own it, right? And the individuals who are aligned will stay. So that's what I'd say.
0: Yeah. And, and yeah, I think that's that's fantastic advice. Thank you for sharing that. Because I think, yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes we can be so focused on wanting a relationship, wanting a partner that we sort of mm-hmm. overlook the things that aren't quite on our, our list of needs. um and yeah if if it if it scares them away they're not the right person for you
1: exactly it's not
0: the right but Mm -hmm. yeah we can be so much i want to be Mm -hmm. in a relationship that that Mm -hmm. doesn't matter it'll be fine
1: yeah yeah and just one thing because it's just coming to me now um and i i always share this with people which is go into an engagement you're engaging with someone new go into it with a clear understanding of what you want. Right. But try as much as possible to free yourself from an, from an attachment to outcomes, because when you are too attached to the outcome, like, Oh, I want this person to be in a relationship. I want to be in a relationship with this person that can cause you to capitulate as it pertains to sharing what you actually want, because Mm -hmm. you're so focused on, okay, if I say this, then we may not be a couple. You know what I mean? Just Mm -hmm. focus on what's going on in the moment. Right. Because, if you don't focus on what's going on in the moment, there's no chance of anything developing over time anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So don't be too attached to the outcome and, and have an abundant mindset. Don't have the mindset of, oh, this is, uh, you know, maybe you're using, you know, Hinge or Tinder or Bumble, for example, and you've matched with someone and you think, oh, um, well, I want to get this right because I don't know if I'm going to match with another person who, no, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a sort of limiting mindset. It's a scarcity mindset. There's how many billion people? Is There's 7 billion people in, in, mm-hmm. in the world. You have a lot of options. Yeah. You have a lot of options.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'd love to dive into my set questions I ask everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we can do like a quick fire, quick yeah. fire
1: round. Yeah, let's go. Uh,
0: yeah. So my first question is, what mm-hmm. always brings you joy in your life?
1: What brings me joy in my life? I would say my family. Um, my family are a huge source of joy. Um, and of course, my, my, my mission, my, my family, my mission, um, those, those would be, uh, how could I forget? Martial arts, <laughs> martial arts, of course, martial arts, of course, but I'm i I'm a very, um, I'm very family oriented guy, very affectionate person. And I really enjoy, um, particularly since the lockdown, you know, it's, we, we've spent more time together in the past four or five months than in the past two years. So that's something that I'm truly grateful for. I'm truly grateful for the people that I work with, um, the people who have trusted me to take such a personal journey with them. Uh, I'm grateful to be able to practice martial arts. Um, but yeah, those, those are some things that give me joy.
0: Awesome. And would be interesting to see if, if this is similar or, or different.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: what makes your life meaningful?
1: What makes my life meaningful? Oh, that's such an interesting question because um, I heard Jordan Peterson describe it once and I thought to myself, hmm, that really resonates that meaning is found um, in the fine line between chaos and order, right? Is that That sort of continual process of transcendence and growth, you know, every act of creation is first an act of destruction. So I've been knocked down and brought to my knees by life, but I find a way to consolidate and implement new systems and processes, new ways of thinking, you know, you you sort of reach into the past Um, with an extraction tool, you know, your memory as an extraction tool, you're plowing into the past, trying to unearth lessons, irrespective of the conditions under which you learned those lessons and you sort of deploy them in the present for hopes of a better future. It's that continual process of transcendence, evolution, you know, Um, they say pain plus reflection equals growth. But life is not only about pain, right? Life is not only about pain. It's also about beauty, but it's really sort of, embracing all that life brings to you the, the good the the things that we perceive to be good the things that we perceive to be bad and and you know trying to find that bliss point you know between chaos and order I would say that's that's what meaning is to me awesome at least in this moment in yeah. this in this moment right we're constantly changing
0: yeah awesome mm. uh, so then the next one uh, and this is kind of our overarching topic on the podcast yeah uh, is what does mental wellness mean to you
1: Ooh, I like that. So, for me, let me think about that one actually. To truly an answer that best represents my thinking on this right now. I would say mental well-being for me is a state of acceptance and peace as it pertains to the different silos of my life, right? So you're never going to be, of course, there's different areas. So maybe you have your finances, you have your health and fitness, family, friends, you know, whatever the case may be, business, right? At any one point in time, there's going to be some areas where you're excelling, you know, and other areas where maybe you're not doing as well. But for me, mental well-being and sort of being in a healthy state of mind is being okay with where I am and what things are going on. And that doesn't mean I don't have things I want to work on doesn't mean I don't have things that are really exciting me. But it's that I'm not judging my state of being based on a sort of sugar rush, fleeting sense of ecstasy, which we've been told is happiness. What I found is that happiness is in moments, you know, and it's learning to even seek out those moments, you know, finding sort of finding the beauty in in the midst of the struggle of everyday living, because it's it's you know, everyday living is tough. It's tough, right? But it's being okay with that. I'm okay with the fact that it's tough and I'm not taking the difficulty or whatever difficulties I'm faced with to mean that I'm somehow, you know, a deficient individual, right? That this does not indicate or denote some level of inadequacy on my part. It's being okay with where I am and what's going on, irrespective of what it is. And, um, showing myself you know self-love but you see when i when i think of self-love i think about again being able to identify those different buckets and being able to ask the questions like okay where do i need to where do i need to place some of my attention you know what have i been neglecting that that to me that's that's how i love myself right like okay i haven't been spending enough time alone So I'm going to spend some time alone. You know, I haven't been spending enough time training. So I'm going to spend some time training. So all those, I think that encapsulates my thinking on, you know, sort of mental well-being.
0: Awesome. So this one, I just want your first first word or first Uh thing that pops into your mind. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Uh, How would you describe your mindset?
1: How would I describe my mindset? I would say unbreakable.
0: Ooh.
1: I would I say think. unbreakable. And that, that doesn't mean that I don't have things that will get me down because you, you know, one might listen to that and think, or oh, what, what does he mean? You know, no, trust me. I like, I've had life bring me to my knees more times than I can, you know, even remember off the top of my head, but when un- unbreakable or even unshakable in the sense that I know within myself and after having gone through some really challenging times that no matter what I face, I will always find a way to move forward. I will pick up the pieces, reappraise and move forward. So that's why I say my mindset is unshakable.
0: Awesome. And then do you have a super quick top tip for people that they can put in place in their life, in their relationships that's going to help them out?
1: Yes. So it's kind of the, I think it's been the theme of this conversation, which is look within, Mm -hmm. look within, look within so you can go without, without any blockers, without any baggage, without any, unresolved feelings of anger, resentment, etc. Look within a lot of the answers that you're looking for. You're not going to find them outside. You know, you want to start to develop a or cultivate your own internal paradigm. And you do that by asking questions, see your emotions as an indicator. I'm angry today. Why? Where did that come from? When did I start feeling like this? Who was I around? You know, I'm, I'm ecstatic. Why? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So start to look within and cultivate a healthy relationship with your own emotions.
0: Awesome. Thank you for that. And then because we're pretty much out of time, so super quickly, Uh where can people find you if they're interested in working with you, if they want to connect with you?
1: you? Oh, absolutely. So you can find me at harryouda.com. So Um, That will you know, connect you to everything else. Or you can connect with me directly on Instagram harry underscore Uda. um you can dm me if you would like to work together you can a lot of my work actually is on instagram also facebook harry Uda relationship coach um but yeah between the website and socials i think you're pretty much sorted or you can email me directly if you would like me me at harry Uda.com, u-d-d-o-h.com
0: awesome and we are absolutely link in the show notes thank you so much harry for the the, for everything that you shared with us and i'm very conscious that you need to head off but uh yeah i really appreciate you joining us so thank you so much
1: likewise likewise thank you so much for having me on and thank you for the powerful work that you're doing i think that um yeah i send you so much um positive regard and um a lot of just encouragement and also you know what you're doing is inspiring, so continue to inspire people.
0: Oh, awesome, thank you for that.
1: <laughs> you're very welcome.
0: So, thanks again to Harry for joining us. And uh, yes, COVID, <laughs> um, I think it has has had a big impact uh, potentially on our relationships. Whether that is being in much greater pr- proximity um with your significant other for for longer periods or whether it's that you maybe have a long distance relationship and it's been more difficult to see each other and we've had a few conversations as i've said about relationships and kind of exploring um that aspect of it and i guess i just want to kind of come back to kindness again and treating yourself with kindness if you are struggling in relationships, if you are struggling to communicate what you want in relationships, I'm saying this is someone who finds that difficult <laughs> um, just to have a bit of, of kindness towards yourself. And Harry mentioned about coaching, getting into coaching and obviously if you're interested in relationship and dating coaching in the show notes there are links to working with him and talking of coaching more generally. Uh, as I've mentioned, I'm currently doing some extra study to to get my formal accreditation, which is something for me personally, that's very important. Uh, so transformational life coaching, to be honest, I think coaching can touch on any aspect of your life, because from my perspective, a good coach kind of works with you to with whatever it is that you want to explore, to help you to gain clarity and kind of focus and kind of support you through that process. So uh, as I as I mentioned previously, uh, before Christmas, I do have a coaching offer going on at the moment where I'm giving away free coaching sessions. So this is an hour of coaching. And when I say coaching session, it is a coaching session. It's not a sales pitch. It's not whatever. It's an opportunity to find out about coaching to kind of ask questions, but also to be coached it's completely no obligation. It's there's there's no strings, basically. So if you have a free coaching session, you think this is amazing, I'd love to be coached by you more. I do have special offers then if you choose to go on to a coaching package or um, ad hoc sessions, but you don't have to, you could have this hour of coaching and say thanks very much. Bye. (laughs) Uh, So if you are thinking about your year and kind of not sure how you're going to achieve your goals if you're not even sure really what your goals are or you've got lots on your mind that you're it's kind of whizzing around and you want some support to gain clarity and focus and or just to have someone to rant to to be honest (laughs) then uh, yes I have uh, coaching sessions available so it's an hour as I said it can be on anything Uh, my personal brand of coaching so transformational life coaching mindset well-being mental well-being anything in that but to be honest, as I said, I think the beauty of coaching is that you can bring anything and the coach kind of supports you to explore that. So if you've been thinking about trying it, you're not sure this is an opportunity. So yes, if you're interested, if you head on over, let me, let me find the link. That would probably be the most beneficial thing, wouldn't it? To actually <laughs> tell you the link to my calendar to book. And so it's currently you can book up to two months in advance. Uh, So through January and February, I have slots available. If you want to book one hour completely, no obligation, genuine coaching, head on over to calendly.com. So c-a-l-e-n-d-l-y.com forward slash psyche p-s-y-k-h-e forward slash coaching uh, to, to book in your hour uh, it takes place over zoom yeah it's an opportunity to if nothing else one try it out but to to really gain some some focus and set an intention for the year i personally i think um you know we we often invest in what well, i personally have invested in self development in the in, <laughs> in the, uh, training courses that kind of thing and the gym and all of that kind of stuff But I think sometimes on the kind of psychological or mental level, we don't necessarily put those support structures in place that can really help us. And personally, I am in therapy, which is more for my mental health and partly for training. For anyone that doesn't know, um, I'm right at the beginning of training as a counsellor as well, uh, as a coach, uh, to really be able to offer everything, uh, to offer a more kind of holistic um, approach. So I'm in personal therapy, which is really beneficial for exploring my emotions and trauma and, and all of that kind of stuff. But I am also coached, which really helps me partly prof- professional stuff, but also really thinking about my goals and focusing because my mind is all over the place, as you maybe get from my ramblings during the podcast in the beginning, the end. And so it really helps to, to focus and And I always kind of come away feeling really motivated and inspired um, and a real kind of clear sense of what I'm going to do to move forward with what I want to achieve. It doesn't have to just be kind of goal focused. uh, So it can be I've been coached to think about imposter syndrome and confidence and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, But I think it is a really good investment in yourself. Definitely rambling now. <laughs> yes, if you are interested in coaching or you know anyone else who is, then please do share the link with them. That is everything for this week. As always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please do rate, review on iTunes or wherever you listen. It really does help us to to reach more people and um and have more of an impact. Um and you could also share if you know someone who would maybe enjoy or benefit from listening to what we're all about here. Um, With all that, I hope that you have a good week. Be kind to yourself. Take care of yourself. You are awesome. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in and spending some time with me today. We'll be back on Monday with a new episode. So have a great week. Take care. I'll speak to you then. Bye.